Hello weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Animus, the show which takes uh, an anime I always, every single time, <laughs> That's fine. forget it. I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to roll with it. It's tradition, man. <laughs> it is. You can put this in, it's fine. Uh, so, welcome everybody to Gateway to the Animus, the podcast which takes a complete anime novice, which is Will, and with a self-proclaimed anime veteran, which is myself, and we guide him through the weird, wide, and wonderful world of anime. Hello Will, how are you this week? Hello Sam, I'm pretty good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, even though I keep messing up the intro. <laughs> that's fine. I find it, it, honestly, it is a tradition. Like, we need to make that. If, if you do it perfectly first time, I'm going to have to, like, butt in and just stop you. Cause to, just, it just, just cut me off. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right if you're not messing up the intro. It's good. Uh, what have you been up to this week? Um, this week, I have. Um, I've been watching a, a, some pretty rubbish TV. I've been watching some um, uh, Friday Night Dinner. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> Shit on it. <laughs> I've, I've actually yeah, no. watched like two episodes and that's oh. the only quote that I took from it. Oh, really? And I was just like, this is brilliant. <laughs> I've been absolutely binge watching it while I've been like uh, playing FIFA or whatever, just in the background. It's really easy watching and I've, I've found it hilarious. Like I... I obviously it's been out quite a while now and i i never gave it credit i was sort of like no i'm not watching that it looked a load of rubbish load of cheap humor cheap laughs not watching it but honestly it's really funny i love it it. (laughs) yeah genuinely i think you need to watch it it's good um apart from that i finished death note (gasps) what yeah so well season season one the season of death note i haven't obviously watched any of the the 36 episodes Yeah. yeah nice so Look I think, that. so I think we need to do some sort of special in the future where we just sort of recap some stuff and just go over what. Um, I don't want to give away too much, and obviously people listening to this, they're not going to know necessarily how that series ended. Um, yeah, they might not have binged it as quickly as you have, or or watched it as recently, or watched it at all. So I think, um, yeah, we'll we won't do any spoilers here, but it'll definitely be worth looking at in the future because, uh, wow. That is a hell of a series. Yes. Honestly, I'm so glad. honestly, I was so emotional at the end. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh. As you should be. Yeah, good, absolutely. Good, good. Oh, God. Um, yeah, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, not a great deal, to be honest. Um, I've been keeping up with the seasonal anime. Um, I've been watching, and what's been particularly impressing me over the past couple of weeks was uh, Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Dai which is based on like an 80s uh, manga that also got an anime in the 90s, but they've revamped it for the modern day. And it's taken um, the Dragon Quest series of games, but turning it into an, an original anime adventure. And right. the production values and the animation has been absolutely incredible for these first few episodes. And it's just like every single time it's been blowing me away. And I've also been watching uh, Haikyuu, which is something that I really want to ah. introduce to you at some point. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, watching it, watching these things on Netflix, the shows that we've been watching, um, there's all these recommended stuff, and I keep I keep glancing things, and Haiku is one of the ones that keeps coming up. Yes, yeah. my precious volleyboys. <laughs> right, I was going to say, is that the volleyball one? Because I was going to say, there's Haiku, and then I always remember seeing a volleyball, uh, yeah, anime that um, keeps cropping up. But I didn't know it was the same one, so it is that is yeah, Hollywood, that's like you. I okay. absolutely, I absolutely love it, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, why don't you just watch regular sport instead of an anime sport?" But <laughs> when we get round to our sports anime episode, my guy, I will tell you why Haikyuu <laughs> is oh very close to me. 
But yeah, I've been watching that. Um, it's had some issues. They outsourced an episode recently, so the animation quality and character designs were all way off model. Oh. But then it just it came back in with the original studio the, ne- the the episode afterwards and delivered an absolute banger. So I can't be too upset overall. No. Okay, but yeah, cool. Um, that's about it for me. So yeah. awesome. should we jump into this week's theme? Yeah, so, uh, oh god, have I got to say the title of this? Because I can never remember You do it. have to say the okay. title of this. So, I've got it written, don't worry, don't worry, I'm, f- I'm prepared. Hopefully I've written it he's right. Ready. He's got his notes. Yeah, um, it's, uh, this series, this episode is focusing on the first three episodes, and again, it's worth mentioning up top that if you haven't watched the first three episodes of this series, it's it's worth going back and watching just so you've got them fresh in your head, um, especially if you've never seen them before and you don't want them spoiling, because we're going to be obviously talking through each episode and spoiling probably a, a lot of stuff. So Quite in-depth um, spoilers, yeah. Yeah. So um, the, episode, the series we're watching is, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? Uh, the the life lifelong question that I've been asking myself for many years, in fact. For a thousand years. Mm. So this is a fantasy-esque show um, that is based off of a light novel. Um, so I think I've mentioned light novels before when we talked about Sword Art Online. They're short um, 200 to 300 page books, typically with a, an anime artist attached to them that follow kind of these sets of tropes and uh, typically it's about adventuring and fighting monsters and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, this is actually commonly, because it's quite a mouthful to talk about, it's often uh, kind of shortened to uh, Dan Machi. Why? I'm I'm glad you asked. Will. Oh God, no! I take it back. I take it back. I didn't ask. Go so on. in Japanese, it's called Danjan Nidewo Motemu Motomeru Noa Machi Gateru Daroka. Okay. Yeah, well, that was that was how I was going to introduce it, but I just didn't think you know I didn't want to you know highbrow the listeners so. <laughs> but obviously that's a bit of a mouthful mm-hmm. so uh, what they do is they take the, the Dan from Danjon and then the Machi from Machi Gateru to make it Dan Machi and so that rolls off the tongue a lot easier than is it wrong to try and pick up girls in the dungeon <laughs> Dungeon. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so I think going so forward Dan that's Machi. what I'm going to refer to it as Dan Machi yeah. Dan Machi okay so I'm just imagining this character called Dan Machi and that's, that's <laughs> who, who we're talking about at the minute the name's Dan. Dan. Dan Machi. Dan Machi. <laughs> yeah, I've got a I've got a terrible memory for character names, um, show names, and dates and things like that. Like it's just not how my mind works. So anything that can sort of help me remember all the give things you a that, bit of a shortcut. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have watched all these things, but I probably will forget character names throughout episodes <laughs> which people love right. to forgive there's, me for in life. and there's a lot of characters that get kind of thrown at you in these first three episodes oh my god yeah so if we're going on like initial thoughts and 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 yeah. uh, I, i'd say initial it's sort of built over the three episodes but the mythology in this is is large like it is huge and i love it like yeah uh, me and you have had conversations outside of anything to do with this about like um Norse gods and uh, Greek gods and things like that. So I was well on board with this as soon as those sort of um, characters started coming in. Like I say, names are not my strong point, but there was definitely some uh, familiar uh, names and things that came that came through this. Um, so yeah, 
a lot of uh, Greek, Norse, uh, even Hindu and Irish gods. Everything's just kind of just chucked into the, yeah. the mix there, isn't there? Um, you've got this big pantheon of, of gods and goddesses who are kind of ruling over and supporting in this world. Yeah. Um, I find the setting absolutely fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so um, to give like a non-spoiler overview, it's basically these... Um, these deities, these gods, um, have come down to earth. It says it, you know, exp- expositions in the very first bit of episode <laughs> right one. Anyway, start. wouldn't be anime if it if it didn't. <laughs> no, no. Although, although I have got some comments on that later because I think they do a better job of it than the likes of Sword Art Online, where they exposition the hell out of it. Whereas this, it seem they seem to drip feed it in a bit more. Um, yeah, it's a lot more showy, isn't it? Yes. shows you things happening and then explains them yeah and a lot of that comes again though the lead character is in our shoes the lead character isn't an expert in this show mm. whereas in sword art online they already know a lot so there's certain things that you can do in this show that you probably couldn't have done in sword sword art um yeah i i like to think this show kind of um so when we talked about sword art online um, I don't know if we mentioned the kind of genre, but it's known as an isekai, which means another world. Right. Um, and there's a this is a massive genre where somebody is teleported to a world that they know nothing about, and mm. they have to find like that. That's your point of view character, so it's good, easy for a reader or a viewer to get on board with because the main character and the viewer has no idea how the systems of the world works yeah. because they're in a new world. This feels a lot like an isekai, except it's not because it's it's okay. got all the trappings of it like it's got part you form parties and join guilds and fight monsters and there are levels involved but to me instead of feeling like oh bell's been transported to this new world it feels more like oh he's definitely been born in this world but he's only just kind of getting onto the adventuring ladder and it feels a lot more to me like dungeons and dragons than something like sword art which is a uh, definitely like gamified yeah the, the the difference no no you yeah i i completely agree with the feel the feel of them both they both they're both sort of in, but the, i i wouldn't say this feels like that where they've been taken into a new world because that assumes that these worlds don't exist other than to be taken into because everyone there knows what's going on really they know there's these adventurers that go on these things and uh, yeah, that's it, that's what I was saying. It's yeah. like it's, it doesn't feel like he's he's just been dropped into it. Everybody feels like this is this is established. Everybody knows how. But the you, you of this you're world almost works. suggesting that you could be forgiven for thinking that they had been dropped in. Whereas as an outsider who's only seen these two things, I would automatically mm. assume there's a big difference because of those because of those because of that one thing because of that one element that is different between mm. the two. But yeah. Um, despite all that there is massive gamer vibes about it like automatically you've got these crystals that you get for killing the creature and then you cash those in for for money and uh then you can spend that money and uh, the question that's just come to me now which i didn't have in my notes was all all of these adventurers get money for cashing in these monsters that they kill is it how does everyone else make their money then is it just by normal trading standards <laughs> yeah so you do see like merchants and stuff and they've got food and they've got other items like the dungeon is um i think we should we should explain as well that there is a big tower in the middle of this starting town 
Um, oh, which is in the intro, which, yeah, they haven't really touched on in the first three episodes, really. Yeah, that's that's the dungeon right? Okay. from the title. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. that's where all the adventurers of this world uh, go to to, cl- to defeat these monsters. And okay, so the, the dungeon isn't a, a, a lower level thing. It's a, It's an upper level thing. It's a big tower, but they do descend into the dungeon from the tower. It's right. it's kind of it's not very well shown, but it is going down these levels. Okay, all right. So yeah, so should we jump into episode one then? Yeah, absolutely. And go so, full spoiler. Yeah, absolutely full spoiler. It's it's basically a game with lots of boobs and lots <laughs> of uh, gods that give these humans powers. Um, because they've decided to come down and chill with the Earthlings. And um, through doing that, they're not allowed to use their powers, but what they can do is choose certain people who are going to be the adventurers, who are going to go kill, mo- mm. have the power to kill monsters. And, and get we, their blessing. And we follow this character, Belle, who um, I actually really like, you know, to get, in, to get into character way off. Like, I've got a lot of respect for Belle. I think the way he goes about I things like is him. pretty cool. Um Although having just finished Death Note, he his hairdo and everything does remind <laughs> me of uh, Nier. Yes, <laughs> bright shock of white hair, yeah. very like round face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so I did, did get vibes of that, having gone from one straight into the other. But uh, apart from that, I really like the guy. Um, the uh, episode one opens with him in the dungeon already, uh, just mm. running away from a Minotaur, and already you get those uh, mythology feels because, you know, it's the Minotaur. Yeah, classic, yeah. Classic Greek mytholo- mythological beast. Um, and, and he's weighing over his head. <laughs> absolutely. And he has to get saved by Miss Ice Wallenstein. Ice Wallenstein. Wallenstein. That's a very cool, like, it's a very, like, the animation at that point, I think, I, I want to kind of mention across all three of these episodes, the animation's really quite strong and I think all the fights of the show have this really good weight to them. And uh, when Eyes turns up, you really get this feeling that she is just head and shoulders above what you see. Because Belle's staggering as he's running away from this monitor and she just tears through him. And there's all this gore that yeah. like splashes everywhere and covers Belle head to toe. But you kind of already uh, get this feeling that, oh, the action in this is going to be something really good. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about the animation straight off the bat, like... It is high quality. It's it's Attack and Titan versus Death Note. It's it's some good quality animation. I really like it. It's really appeasing. Um, yeah, there was nothing wrong with anything to do with the animation quality. It was really high, and I loved it. I thought it was really attractive, and it just drew you in. It was soft in sort of tones and stuff. It was obviously quite um, yeah. There was there was nothing too bold and bright. So yeah, really good animation. Really enjoyed it, and I thought. Um, a lot of the I like that contrast as well that you said. Like it, it looks quite soft. So if you looked at Belle and Hestia, mm. who, like Hestia, who is his goddess, um, just like on a screen, you'd be like, "Oh, they're some cute characters." Yeah. And then you see Belle covered in blood, or him stabbing something like viciously. Like that tonal shift is really fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And oh god, I've got to stop saying absolutely. I've said that about seven times now. Um, but no, <laughs> absolutely I absolutely you should. I, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Um, I do agree because then they absolutely <laughs> go to town on that with the um, what's the style? Uh, is it chibi or uh, yes, yeah, chibi, chibi style? 
So I only know this from from I was telling you uh, off mic. I was telling you about the artist that I, I watch on YouTube. So he's yeah, yeah. he's done a lot of character designs where he takes elements from different styles and uh, draws them as new characters. And Chibi is one of those. And so as soon as this popped up, I was like, "Hey, that's what uh, that's what Jazza does on his on his YouTube channel." And um, <laughs> <laughs> and I re- I really sort of I was, it it just gave me really weird vibes that this was something this was an actual style i thought it was like a i don't i don't know what i thought it was just like a fan art thing yeah yeah but they, but it is used and i think it's used to great effect throughout these episodes for for humor and for kind of those softer more comedic moments is that what the um the figures are or oh, the ne- like the nendroids I don't know. I don't know what they're called. It's what you get in all all of the the stores where they've got the the characters of these shows with the big heads, they're like almost like bobbleheads, yeah. but in the boxes. What they yeah, yeah. So they're like the Nendroid figures of uh, characters are, are like chibified versions. Yeah. So they're smaller, more round, and like simpler designs, but like they're very weird. clear that you can. They're tell really what collectible, they are. aren't they? You've got you've got some of them, haven't you? Uh, I don't have any Nendroids. Are you? Oh wait, do you mean like pop figures? Yes, pop figures. That's oh. what I mean. No pop. Mm, Pop figures. They're chibi-ish. They're, they're chibi-ish, yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I'm not a massive phrase. fan of pop figures, to be honest, because they're, they're so generic. Right, okay. But uh, we'll leave my biases out of this for now. Let's get back into uh, yeah. what's happening with Bell. So so we find out we find out Bell's a level one adventurer, and he's uh, survived a minor tour, which is impressive, apparently. Um, and one He's not the, dead. No, he's not well dead. Done. Wallenstein is a level five and is named Sword Princess, uh, who's mm. pretty impressive. She slices through the Minotaur, saves him, and Belle falls in love, in you know immediately as you do, because she's smoking hot. Um, oh yeah, and we find out that Belle. Uh, we find out about the fam- f- familias or fam- familias, familia, familias, yeah, whatever, familia. Yeah, so we're Italian apparently in this universe. Mamma mia, <laughs> it's La familia, Hestia. <laughs> so a bella kun. You need to come back home for your potato. <laughs> so he's he's been picked up by Hestia, who is a Greek god. I a think. useless, yeah, a useless goddess. Yeah, god of the hearth though. Like you know, a, a big god in in Greek mythology. Uh, big god in a lot of other ways as well. If you know what I mean. Oh, yes, yes. I do know what you mean, Sam. And um, to put it politely, she is well endowed for a, uh, a woman of slight stature. Um, and that, that was... Don't the animators just know it? <laughs> they do. Like, it is thrown on you, like, from as soon as you meet her, the emphasis on the on the breast, breast area is... God... <laughs> Is this really what our podcast is going to become? Like, just <laughs> it's just devolved. Him. We just... we made it a good five episodes before it turned into pure degeneracy. No, I know. I just don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to talk about it in a way that doesn't sound. But it is a big part of the show. Like they have gone over, above and beyond to make female boobs and the parts of the, uh, the female anatomy prominent and uh, a big part of the show um, for either either comical effect or for. Um, lust or whatever for lots of different reasons i think just to get it in your face really so so this is like a sub-genre that this falls into is the etchy genre you mean sketchy means like yeah (laughs) sketchy etchy (laughs) (laughs) um and sketchy etchy is basically like (laughs) 
it's it's kind of sexy. So there's going to be lots of like lots of skin showing and lots of suspect angles for the camera to be going to, and it's it's all in fan service essentially. Yeah, just, just to show off these sexy character designs in every way possible. By the way, um, and I think it, have we just coined that phrase sketchy etchy, or is that already a thing? Because I'm claiming it. Oh, I. I hope we've thing. just coined it. I've not yeah. seen it around. But We're using it. We're these using it from now sketchy, on. sketchy, etchy shows. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Belle comes home and meets up with Hestia, who, when I first heard about this show, was most known for her blue boob string. Yeah. And the way that it was kind of just there holding everything together. Yeah, go over and... to our Instagram and see my uh, my fan art of uh, the, these two characters. So you'll see the blue... Uh, ribbon string just floating <laughs> is there, a, a main feature <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um i really like the idea that um upon returning a day's work in the dungeon uh hestia can then look at bell's tattoo because there's fan service for the ladies as well he get like he gets his shirt off and he's there like he's got a bit of a v-line he's no, an abso- attractive individual no absolutely when i when i described the animation um i've put uh for very focused on physical attributes i've obviously put the boobs but the muscle definition and the bonal structure of the of um bell as well like i think generally they are trying to emphasize everything and i think that is you know that is attractive in a certain way like i look at bell and i think oh he's He's pretty ripped, you know. He's 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 a lean bloke, yeah. which is which There's is a bit weird sketchy etchy for everyone. There's a bit of sketchy etchy etchy for everyone. <laughs> oh, a sentence I never thought I'd say. Yeah, there is. Perfect. Yeah. We right. got him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I like that uh, Hestia can look at his tattoo and they have stats. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, another gamer thing that sort of like really fits that narrative. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's developed a new skill from his uh, his jaunt into the dungeon, which Hestia doesn't want to tell him about. But they kind of... Uh, Hestia gets this kind of, I think, quite sad uh, reflection after Belle goes to bed, where she says, um, oh, the children of uh, this plane uh, are always changing. And like you think that's referring to the, the stats and the levels, but actually she then says, but we gods always stay the same. And it kind of turns out that it's more about the fact that these gods have lived for eons. Yeah, it's a mortality thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's the classic, um, we, we we think that our lives are long compared to other things, but in reality, compared to the eons of time and gods, yeah, if they... It's just a, yeah, it was just a, it's just a blip. And we change and evolve very quickly from... And, and yeah, no, I, I like that. I think, I think again, it goes to the, the depth of the show. It adds to that sort of... Because it's like, up until this point, Hestia has just been presented as this pouty childish boob oh, yeah. girl Absolutely. and then you get this kind of like flash of oh there's a deeper level here so she is actually holding up to this like side of being a goddess so so we find out that his actual power though is his skill so does everyone only have one skill or can you develop more than one skill or is that spoilers? I think from memory no you can, you can get more yeah you can get more than one skill okay so which you find out kind of later on yeah, so um, the skill is f- basically fast growth, as it translated uh, for me, I think, or I translated from what she said. Um, yeah, was it uh, realis, realis phrase. phrase? Yeah, yeah, that's what I got. And um, basically, it, from what I understood, it says the effect lasts for as long as he has feelings and grows depending on how strong the feelings are. So, 
I've said, <laughs> is this rule basically an excuse for him to power up when he's really upset or loves someone? Because <laughs> it sounds like it grows when he feels stronger or feels more for something. So it seems like in situations where he feels really strongly about something, he's going to power up and defeat the bad guy. It's like a, like a, it's like the only time in history when it's there's actually been this happens and it actually makes sense that he powers up. Whereas like a Deus things, Ex Machina, yeah, that that has qualifications that are kind of you can understand and has yeah. like limits to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like painting that out from what the word go it's like this will happen like you you will it's see, gonna happen you will Just see in this show he will power up unrealistically but that's actually his power so it makes sense it's fine it's okay yeah and i think that's good because it kind of because we get dropped into the same like we said at the start the same shoes as bell where he's this rookie adventurer and it would be when we're seeing all these amazingly powerful level five adventurers running around doing stuff i think if we just stuck with a lower level person who's not progressing very quickly yeah. It would be quite, it was like, you'd always feel like there's so much more that we could be seeing. So it's a good narrative device to get us into the action really quickly. And speaking of getting him into the action quickly, after he hears some, uh, the wolf boy, uh, Bette. Yeah, Bet, Beat, Bet, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Shouting about how embarrassing it must have been for Belle to have been covered in blood and be this tomato faced boy. He kind of gets this resolve to run into the dungeon recklessly and just spends all evening hacking and slashing his way against all these monsters and returns to Hestia in the morning absolutely just seven shades of crap beaten out of him. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, she she sort of collects him when he's absolutely battered and uh, he's, he's there saying, I want to be strong, I want to be the best. And she sort of resolves to be this saviour that's going to go help him on his journey and is going to do whatever she can to help him because she's seen the, the extent that he's willing to go to and she you know clearly yeah she, she's in love with him like as as far as much as a god can be in love with a mortal she yeah loves this guy she loves bell she wants to be with him and that's pretty evident from the word go <laughs> and i like the way that they handle that as well because it, there's clearly like she's very suggestive towards him and even like he wakes up and she's lying on top of him and she keeps saying like, oh, there's a wonderful girl right in front of you. Yeah. But he reveres her as this deity and like his kind of savior. So while she may feel this kind of, I don't know whether it's like an actual attraction for him or whether it's like, it is this kind of motherly. You don't um... know. Are you sure you don't know? <laughs> Have you not seen this? <laughs> <laughs> but I like the way that it's handled. It's not, purely there just so that you've got somebody falling over Belle. Like, she still has this status as a goddess, and she's not just pining after him. She actually sees him as this, as one of her, almost as one of her children, but also one that she kind of teases with her buxom ways. Yeah, I think... Yeah, there is a bit of me that sort of thinks it's a bit... Yeah, It, it, it could have been one or the other. I, I, I understand, you know, depth of character you know you can have that conflict but part of me just thinks but that you know then the whole sexualization of hestia goes out the window if she's not luring after and doesn't you know find and you know i'm not against it because i think there's going to be a plot device there in the way that yeah. in the way that bell develops 
he is going to become a more attractive person. And his desire and his will to do well is what attracts Hestia rather than anything else. So I think the idea of love and feelings for one another is is quite integral to the plot. And we see that a lot in terms of how that affects Belle in particular. Because after having been insulted by Bet and he goes into the dungeon, we get this cool but kind of brutal fight against like this frog monster where he gets eaten and then he like stabs up into the frog's eye and like the eye fills with blood and it's all like gross. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's a great scene where he's just sort of like, he's not, he's not giving up. He's just going, he's going for it. He's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to push. I'm going to push. I'm going to push. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that, that whole thing I had so much respect for because there's so many characters and, and and you see it I don't want to say in life because that's far too sadistic or whatever but uh, you, you see it in a lot of media where the character gets up on themselves and it's like I deserve this and Bell's like he literally uses the line how do I expect to get something I don't deserve yes and I, I loved that I thought that was that to me really summed up his character it's like well look I don't need to I don't deserve any of this. I need to earn it. I yes. need to literally get out there and do it. And, you know, things are going to happen. Things might not go my way, but I'm never going to get something if I don't actually work for it. And that attitude, you very rarely get that explicitly uh, portrayed in, in media, which I, I really liked. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoy that about Bell's character. Like, he understands that he's not owed anything. He has to work for it. And that's his, yeah. whole, like, his whole mindset throughout is, I'm going to get stronger. And it's that drive of his to want to be strong and to want to be this powerful adventurer that leads to other people wanting to help him because they can see just how genuine he is about it and his drive to want to help his goddess and to help the people around him. That's what makes him a really compelling hero. Yeah, but the the idea that these goddesses and gods found these uh, what, champions of their... What what they called? Familiar. Um, familiar. To me, seems a little bit weird that I mean, I get, I know, I know what it's saying. It's saying that Hestia can see something in Bell that others perhaps can't. Um, but the idea that it, that everyone else is being judged on stature or judged on uh, physical strength seems a little bit far fetched when you know that you power up and some of these are uh, powerful, like. It just seems a bit weird that he didn't get picked up before this if he is... If he does have all this potential, yeah. He has all this potential and we see later later on there's hints that, you know, I don't fully understand yet, but there's clearly other gods that might want to take him or might want him to become part of their famili- famili- familiar? Familiar? So, <laughs> Mum, mummy. <laughs> familiar. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that, yeah. that idea that he never got picked up from one of the big guys, one of the main ones, does seem a bit weird. Mm. It is a bit, a bit strange, but I think it, it's good enough that it's we see him actually attempt to join a few familiar and get kicked out because he looks weak, and then he gets given this like once, once in a lifetime chance from Hestia, who is also down on her luck. If you're gonna, but the thing is, if you're gonna go on the stereotype that people who look weak are weak, you're never gonna get new members, right? Well, you, I, ju- I just think for the whole concept of the show that one of the fiercest characters is a woman, they haven't jumped on that. The fact that, like, you know, that would have been another stereotype that fits that that hmm. that narrative, that physical strength shouldn't really 
yeah. effect. It's like with eyes, she's been she's proven it by merit, hasn't she? So she's proved that she's strong. So, but only because she got accepted into into the Loki a, a familiar. Yeah, yeah. She wouldn't have been able to do that otherwise if they hadn't seen something in her. But anyway, it's it's a little thing that just sort of you know. Yeah. Whatever. It's a plot device. Whatever. It's it's not a world ender, but it, it just to me it just didn't really fit. Well, yeah. So he comes back covered in blood and kind of asserts his will. Hestia says that she'll support him, and we get the intro. Hmm. Eh. I'll, I'll get. I've got thoughts on the intro, which we'll get to towards the okay. end. But the intro. Well, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do the intro. Uh, let's do. Let's do the op. Um, I don't really like the song. I think it's a bit too airy and toned down for what's happening on the screen. Um, there's some really interesting shots in it, like the shot where uh, it zooms in on Belle and the clouds are zooming past and then like zooms in on Hestia. Like They're technically very impressive, but I don't like... I don't think that the song matches a lot of the visuals that we see. Like The, the intro does a good job yeah. of, of like kind of parading all these characters in front of you and obviously later down the line in the series you'll be, like, be able to go oh, well, I know that guy now, and I know this guy, and it's kind of a teaser for who's going to turn up. But Yeah, it's got a lot of characters. It, yeah, introduces a lot of people. It's got a, a bit here and there. The, the visuals are okay. I don't, I, yeah, I like the, they're the not visuals. They're not good, but I just don't think it matches the song very well. Like, something like Attack on Titan or Death Note, I think the song matches the tone of what's happening in the show very, very well and matches up to it, whereas this, I feel it's just... It's a bit too airy fairy for me. Yeah, I thought the intro started off. It started off quite nicely. Almost, I don't know. It had sort of Star Wars vibes from the very, very few, first few notes, and then from then on, it was a little bit CBC, happy, happy-go-lucky, bouncy. <laughs> not, not nothing really to it. A bit sort of child-friendly, maybe, or a little bit sort of um, safe. Yeah, um, I think safe. A bit romantic, quite... soft, romantic and soft. Which, you know, I did. I didn't dislike it, but yeah, it didn't really jump out on me and blow me away. Mm. And then we get like a a jump into episode two. Yeah. So th- there's one person we haven't mentioned from episode one. Seer. Who? Seer, the girl in the in the in the restaurant. That oh, gives yes. him the yes, yes. It gives him the, uh, the gem or whatever they're called. The gem that he dropped and the lunchbox. The gem that he dropped, air quotes, um, and the lunch. Um, and is very, very friendly, overly friendly, to be honest. And Belle's a bit of a ladies' man. No, no, this girl is weird. She is far too forward and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I don't trust her. And um, my uh, outlandish premonition is that she is the uh, mastermind behind the whole thing in episode three. Ooh. Yeah, because she says... Oh, the, 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 when, when we get to it, right, uh, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. We'll get to it in episode three, but I'll tell you why I think she is She's the biggie the bad. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, we come back into episode two with uh, Bell returning to the tavern that he ran out of because Beat was mean about him to, to repay the money. Mm. I, I really like Mama, who's the owner of the tavern, because I think it's, uh, I like that yeah. she's, she's funny, but she's really, t- she's tough as well. And she has to be tough because she's running a tavern that's full of adventurers who are going to get rowdy. But she's because she sees that Sia likes Belle, she gives him like the bit of advice of, your win condition at the moment is just survive. If you survive a day yeah. in the dungeon, you can consider yourself a winner. Like, now get on out there and go, kid. 
So obviously Mama, whatever her name is, was really sort of, you know, supportive in yep. um, Bell's uh, attitude to his whole career choice. Sir has, is is there like clearly wanting a bit of Bell. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that, that ass. <laughs> yeah, well, who wouldn't? I mean, Bell is a fine I mean, piece of ass. So... <laughs> Uh, and then, and then we jump to this uh, upper city, uh, upper class city party, which is held by the goddesses, held by oh, um, the best boy. I am the be- Ganesha. <laughs> yes, Ganesha. We know. It's like we know that it's you. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. I think he's so extravagant. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And and I, I watched these these episodes twice again because when you told me this episode last week. That night I went and watched them and um, I may have had a couple of drinks while I watched them. <laughs> so I had to re-watch them and I appreciated him so much more the second time. I was so happy I went back and watched them because he is such... I would have missed his his moments. They were so good. His his dancing so good. and everything. And he gets some really good development as like the episodes go on as well. Like little things that yeah. really tie into him, uh, which yeah. we'll get to. But again, I think it speaks to the series. That it's the little things that build the characters so well because... We cut to this ball and all the goddesses and gods are wearing like tuxedos and suits and you hear like all these names being thrown out like Hermes and oh, yeah. uh, Freya comes down the stairs and she's this big buxom beauty uh, and there's Hestia and, uh... being the little goblin that she is under the table sneaking out dumplings <laughs> to eat later back oh, at let's home. let's not get you started <laughs> on dumplings again. Oh, well, <laughs> you, know how you know my feelings on dumplings and Dango. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we're, we're there with Hestia, who bumps into who's who's the girl that she gets on really badly with Loki. Loki, yeah. So she kicks lolly off big with... boobs versus Loki no boobs. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's no, it. I don't know whether it was the dub or the sub that I read this or, or heard this from, but it's tall and flat versus short and busty. <laughs> that's literally how they describe it and she literally insults them they literally say you turned up to the party without any boobs like that was Hestia's <laughs> insult on Loki like I do love it because Loki comes up and just like you can't even afford a dress and then Hestia just Una reverse cards her with her yeah well you've got no boobs <laughs> <laughs> no no it's not okay Sam <laughs> and you know what I it's, think it's quite funny it's not even the misogynistic element to it for me it's the fact that these are gods and if that was the biggest issue as that they would just change form surely like they can they can surely come down to earth and design their human form like and if boobs are that big a deal to loki she would have given herself big boobs that's that's the the bottom line really but yes it's funny they everyone's talking about boobs everyone's talking about short and dumpy and giving uh yeah it's the child, fun, in, the child inside me just starts giggling like <laughs> they're talking about but, boobs. But in all honesty, it is done in a way that I I'm not insulted by. Like I don't think I don't think it's it, none of it's done in a sort of let's poke. It's fun not mean spirited, is it? No, it's not mean spirited. It's it's done almost tongue in cheek. It's like we know that these are stereotypes. We know that these are, but these are actually gods that should be way above this. But they're they're yeah. because they're falling into this trap. It makes it almost that's what makes it funny that they're falling. Yeah, they're, they're acting in a much more human way than you would expect literal deities to be acting. And I think yeah. that that's a nice 
contrast to this all this reverence that the gods get it's like at the end of the day it's at least nice to think that they thought that like that you know maybe they're they're just as petty as humans are yeah but we also meet um hephaestus hephaestus i love hephaestus and i love hephaestus in greek mythology as well like the the, yeah the um, god s of the forge yes yeah uh the blacksmith of as it were of the uh of the group she's great and i love just how she casually drops the fact that Hestia was freeloading with her for ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you owe me so much money. <laughs> Hestia's like pulling all these faces. She's like, oh, she's just groveling. No. Yeah. <laughs> groveling her ass off, trying to like get, get free gifts and stuff. Yeah. No, Hephaestus, I put, uh, I've literally put love Hephaestus. Love it. Um, Hestia, Hestia wants them to make a weapon for Bell. So Hephaestus goes off to the forge reluctantly and creates this weapon because although she's a businesswoman she can't help feeling sorry for Hestia who's just one of these people that gets what she wants because she knows how to grovel (laughs) true well and the way that she grovels as well I think it's again another smaller moment that speaks to her character is that she's not afraid even though she's already and it's established because Loki comes down and is like, ha, you can't even afford a dress, blah, blah, blah. She's yeah. already on the kind of like bottom rung of, of God society. Yeah. And she doesn't mind throwing her reputation out. No, even not at all. By literally getting down and prostrating herself in yeah. front of all of the gods and goddesses around her to beg for this weapon. Yeah. And then even following Hephaestus back to her office and still doing it. I think it's like, it's nice that she's willing to go to such lengths. Like she could have... Now that she's got a, a member of the familia, she could have started to build her reputation back up. But she knows that almost like she's got nothing to lose. So she may as well go hell for leather to help Belle out. And I really like that about her. Like She's not afraid to support her family, even if it means looking a, a bit silly or getting a bit embarrassed. Yeah, I think that's a, a brilliant quality to have. And I think she she portrays it well in that instance. Um, it's not attractive to see. Like I did think, sort of like, yeah. oh god, she's going to these lengths. But it, yeah, you're right. It shows a lot about her character. So yeah, you can't help but respect that, I guess. But then, equally, I don't know. You're torn, aren't you? And I think that's the point. You're torn because you don't want her to. You don't want her to have to. You want her to be proud and and have that those sort of principles and you know she's a god she's not supposed to grovel she's supposed to be able to figure things out um Mm. yeah uh, so yeah it it does give you that conflict um but i understand yeah there's definitely that uh, element of yeah i mean you've got to be impressed with the the length she's willing to go to for Belle for her family yeah yeah so i like that uh even without her divine powers hephaestus is seen as this divine smith still and she's still like the greatest forger in the entire land. Insane. And I, I made a, a specific note about um, Hestia's reaction to Hephaestus finishing the weapon. The way that her hair lifts up and her eyes sparkle and she's like... <gasps> like it's a very Studio Ghibli thing to do. Right. When, okay. um, What's Studio Ghibli? Yes, yeah, so, uh, like Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, okay. Um, those kind of films. Like if a character's really excited or is showing like a really heightened, happy emotion, the hair will kind of flare up and their eyes will sparkle. Okay. And I just... It's just a really nice, genuine touch about how happy she is. That well, that goes that, that goes again fruition. That goes again to the chibi stuff, doesn't it? Because uh, uh, there's quite a few instances through these three episodes where they do jump to chibi style 
cartoons where like they're reacting very animated or very sort of childishly and yeah yeah i I have to say right the first time it happened i was like oh i'm not sure how i feel about that but i gen i think i love it i I think i genuinely really liked that i thought it was a nice twist and a nice um uh, contrast to the seriousness of the things that were going on i thought it was fun and i don't think it was overly used i thought it was nice touch yeah. it works i think and with chibi style as well i think that works really well as a as a reaction for like more comedic moments because yeah. it's such a tonal shift that it's almost like um the super deformed versions of the characters can be a lot more expressive and exaggerated yeah and then when you snap back to them being on model it's like oh it's it's they were having a a big reaction but instead of having to go through all the effort of animating such a massive reaction which might look a bit weird on like a properly modelled version. You can do like the childish, chibified version, yeah. and so it, is, it works, and you understand it, and is, it's funny. Is chibi something that comes through quite a lot in other animes, or is it kind of niche? Um, it depends on the show. Sometimes you'll see it as uh, a technique that's used to show these comedic reactions to things. But um, it depends on the, the type of show. If it's a show like this, where it's kind of it's a balance between comedy, slice of life, and action, yeah. you might see it quite a lot. You'll see it a lot more in comedy anime in general. Yeah, they, okay, they'll yeah. cut to chibis for asides and like bit jokes, and then yeah. cut back. Um, yeah, I mean it makes but sense. It's, it's a very popular yeah. way to okay, so it's not, draw characters. This isn't like a one-off style that I'm not going to see again. I'll probably come across that again in future Yeah, games. Chibis will, prob- will almost certainly come back into it yeah. along along the line. Monsterphilia. Yes. I, I And we hear more of Ganesha, <laughs> <laughs> who hosts Monsterphilia. This is my tournament. I am the... Um, the god of the people. Uh, Star Wars Episode 2 Arena um, monsters, <laughs> monsters that we've captured are going to be put against uh, people to fight. And um, my first question is: All right, the exposition is fun, but how doesn't Bell know what Monsterphilia is if it's this bigger tournament? Because he's very yeah. much like, "What's this again?" And we have to learn about what it is. But like, surely he's gonna through know. him. Yeah, I think it's because we find out, don't we, that he he seems in the flashback that we get actually like at the beginning of episode three. Yeah. Um, we see him coming to the city and he's already kind of the age that he is now. So I think it's implied that he grew up outside of the city and he's only just been there for what I think it's like maybe one or two months that he's actually been part of the city and working with Hestia. So he's not aware of all the traditions and events that happen there. I would imagine. Okay, that's fair enough. You've answered that very well. I was expecting some sort of um, cop-out, but no, no. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. Um, So, I've got my line of the three episodes. (gasps) Yeah. So when... What is it? (laughs) It's when Hephaestus gives Hestia the dagger. um, And um, the, the, the sub is quite similar, but the dub is brilliant, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. uh, again, goes to the sexual nature of the show and the characters. It, the 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 quote is: "Is it okay if I like give it to him right away?" 
And <laughs> Heavy replies, give it to him whenever you want. And I just thought the, 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 the sub is different, but that just to me was just like, yeah, you can give it to him whenever you want. You're a goddess. You're his goddess. You, you can give it to him whenever you want. And I really like that. That, that was what sort of, I just thought I was like, oh God, that's on the nail. Right, um, right, hit the yeah. head and the nail. Yeah. Right, hit the nail, head and the nail. Blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nails, heads. There's, there's all things involved, and there's a lot of be... phallic things happening in this yeah. episode. <laughs> Some of them are going to be bells. <laughs> I want a name. <laughs> all the bells and whistles. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, so we kind of end the episode with some mysterious uh, deals going on between Loki and Eins and some hooded figure. Oh, I love! I to... love that you just spoiled that for me. So I, I didn't actually know who. I didn't know it was Loki, and it was Loki. Though. It's it's clearly Loki. How is it clearly Loki? It's all black and white. I can't see red hair. But the character design is Loki. <laughs> I couldn't tell. And Eins was standing next to her. Not, yeah, I knew. I, I recognised Eins. I didn't know why. <laughs> But it was Loki at the table, well, talking I, to the hooded figure. How do I? Her only defining characteristic is red hair, and I couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, maybe I should have spotted. Ladies and gentlemen, I, look, he's colourblind. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was black and white. I'm not. It colorblind. was black and white, to be fair. I <laughs> look, okay. Maybe I should have caught onto that. Maybe I wasn't listening, or maybe I just didn't recognise the drawing that is the anime style of character, but. <laughs> Regardless, there was these two. These, I put weird black and white conversation between gods, one of whom wants Bell by the sounds of it. Um, so, who, who's do we know who's under the hood, or do we not? Is that the character that in like uh, starts off episode three, or starts off the end of this episode by releasing the uh, giant the gorilla? Ape? Yeah, uh, we find out who it is later on down the line, yeah, and who it's implied to be, but not at this point. Is it Sir? No, you don't. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Pulls I, back the mask. I, I think it is. It's it's uh, um, right. Okay, so yeah, we find out that um, the, these guys have a conversation. Hestia wants goes on a date with um, with Belle, and they get crepes, which I thought was fun. I like those crepes, and they do this whole weird eat mine wiping no the cream off the mouth. Oh god. Um, and she does that whole little dance thing that is very cringy, <laughs> but um, I guess cute in a weird way. Um, and then, and then the monster starts chasing the hell out of them, and mm. um, they end up down. Um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Daedalus or Daedalus or Daedalus, Daedalus, yeah. Um, which I really appreciated. Uh, because he's obviously uh, for for anyone. See, I don't know how much people actually look into these and how much is common knowledge. But obviously, Daedalus or Daedalus or whatever the character is, he designed the labyrinth for the Minotaur uh, in Greek mythology. So obviously, it's yeah. like we're going down his streets, and they're all like windy little streets, like a labyrinth, which I thought. And we get a really fun first person kind of run through. And it's like turning all the corners, and it's all like from Bell's perspective, which I quite liked. Yeah, I loved it, and and I thought the uh, the I think we it's it's only in episode three when that all uh, at that whole scene plays out. Um, but the whole um, action scenes were timely and realistically portrayed, like the bit when the mind when the uh, ape 
uh, scoots through, tries to squeeze through the buildings. It's done in yeah. like a, usually you just see him bursting through the outside or bursting through the opening, and you wouldn't see that bit where he's like squeezing through between these big buildings. And it was a lot more. Yeah, that was that jarring in a good way. Yeah, it was jarring in a good way. It's sort of like, well, that's actually realistically how a creature like that would do it. That they wouldn't mm. nec- they wouldn't be able to just power through these big massive brick buildings. They would have to sort of battle their way through They'd the gap, work their way through. Exactly. Like, it'd, yeah, it'd be difficult for them. To really do nice it. touch that I don't really remember seeing in any sort of anime or cartoon you know before so i really like that touch yeah it's it's really good stuff um and episode three is all about this fight with this gorilla yeah um we start off with this flashback learning that bell's granddad was attacked by monsters fell off a cliff so they couldn't search for him and that's what led him to come to the city and then we hear from uh well I said we hear Ganesha hears from his guards that uh, Ganesha hears. <laughs> Sorry, I am Ganesha. <laughs> yes. yes, we know Ganesha. <laughs> um, that that this monster has escaped and is is causing chaos. And I think, well, all of them. There's loads of them that have. Even though even though we only see one get released, there's loads of monsters about that have been released as a result of this, haven't there? Yeah, there's lots of monsters that have been um, like set out onto the city. And he doesn't even hesitate. He just goes, right, call the other gods, call the other familiar. We need help with this. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Because he doesn't, he he is first and foremost, he's a god of the people and he puts the people first. He's like, he's not trying to be proud about it. He's not trying to kind of put his familiar above anyone else. He just goes, He's a proper lad, apart from when it actually calls for for him to step up. And he does. Like, I've written the the same, same, I've made the same point. I've said, um, someone screwed up, Someone's effed up the guards. Ganesha is pissed, um, but requests the help of the other f- familiar, f- familiar. And that's exactly what he does. And they're like, well, hold on. This is going to make us look bad because it's our event. And he's like, I am Ganesha. It does not matter. We will solve this. We will fix the problem. And it's, it's, it's proper badass. I love it. He's so cool. Yeah. So we, re- we rejoin Bell, who's locked Hestia out, out the way because he's being yeah. all... You know, heroic, and heroic, sacrificing, and yeah. Uh, but that then <laughs> I did did right when he when he did that in at the end of episode two. If she's a goddess, surely she can't die. Any like, what happens if she actually dies? Like, it's a goddess. Surely she just, I don't know, goes back up to Mount Olympus or something. Like, surely there's no. I, I'm sure there are consequences. You're going to tell me now. I can tell by your face there's consequences. But like, to me. They're goddesses. I know they've come down, but surely that's just their human form, is it not? Yeah, I think the the idea is that they they come down into a more human like form in order to live amongst their their children. I don't. I think it gets explained later down the line, maybe in in this season, maybe the next season, about what happens if their earthly form perishes. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, no, don't. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, but that was just one of the thoughts that was running through my head, like. Surely she should just be like, hold on, I'm a god. I can, I can just, you know, click my fingers and uh, Star Trek out of this. But um, obviously not. Yeah, uh, but well, we know that they don't have their powers, don't we? Yeah, but like, surely they should have some. But yeah, so we get um, back to the the gorilla fight, and again, I I love how weighty everything is. The sound effects are really kind of chunky as well. When he's like swinging the chain around and. Bell like smashes off the wall. It feels really punchy, 
And the gorilla, I feel, is surprisingly well animated and he feels really dangerous whenever he's on yeah. the screen. It feels like one wrong move and Bell's like splatted. And then that is starkly contrasted with eyes just obliterating all the monsters around the arena. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds really um, weird to talk about an anime in this much depth, but I did sort of pick... It, it, the, the, the gorilla felt it had a consciousness, like it was actually... It wasn't just this blithering thing that was bounding through the streets, destroying everything it could. It it looked like it was making decisions, and the balance between what the gorilla was actually doing and what it could potentially have done seemed to be done really well. It was sort of enough to be a threat, but not too powered up, and not you know the balance just seemed really right and um, really realistic yeah. for the situation. Um, so yeah, without without sounding like an absolute nerd about it because obviously i'm not i did think that that it felt a realistic threat it didn't feel um overpowered or anything so i was, I was quite yeah, impressed with it, that. it's it's good and i think it speaks to the way that they directed the scene and the way that it moves like you were saying about through the buildings and then it choosing to use the chains or whether to like strike yeah, it's exactly it builds it as this genuine threat i made a note saying that hestia should have given bell the knife through the through the door oh, earlier in the absolutely. episode. Absolutely. So when I rewatched it, I thought the exact same thing. I mean, he does run off fairly sharpish, but she should have just been like, "Look, I've got a like, knife. Wait, for you. I've got a, I've got something for you. Yeah, I've got an, <laughs> I've got an unde- undefeatable weapon that you could use to defeat this giant creature. Please take it now before take you die, now, and then it kills me. <laughs> Look, this could all be solved very quickly. Just take the dagger. <laughs> take the dagger. So Hestia turns up like finally shouts like, i've got this weapon for you and bell is this straight badass he like runs up the side of the wall grabs hestia barrels down these stairs and like takes all the hits and keeps her safe like what's he made of he's he's just he's taking these hits like an absolute champ no he's incredible i mean that's obviously all those agility points he he, he earned from escaping the minotaur yeah and then she finally presents him with this uh knife and and he, love... does, he doesn't slap her in the face and say, why didn't you give me this earlier? <laughs> yeah, he's very he's very understanding. <laughs> but he he takes it and it's really sweet to see how this kind of simple knife uh, means so much to him because it's, it's been presented by his god. A little and... over the top with the tears. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it kind of drives that point home. Like he's said to her this whole time, I'm going to protect you. And so yeah. he's physically protecting Hestia and Hestia in return is going to protect him through the use of the knife and we find out that the knife will grow with bell which is a brilliant piece of equipment for anyone to have he never needs to buy a sword again if that's going to keep leveling up with him well no no disagree because um hephaestus does say this is a top level piece of kit for a beginner so i imagine it's got a limit because she said yeah she says it's the top bit of kit for someone starting out uh, as an adventurer so I figure, you know, he'll upgrade eventually, but I agree, 100% agree. I think it's the perfect, but it also mirrors his skill, like the idea yeah, that it's going to grow and that things, yeah, exactly. And it's going to develop and it becomes a part of him. And yeah, so it, it's very fitting and very, very lucky to get it. We don't actually learn explicitly what Hestia has to give in return. They just sort of mm. say, you know, you owe me, you owe me this, remember what you owe me sort of thing. So um, I don't know whether it, obviously it will become clearer later on and I'm sure there'll be a debt to pay there, but we don't know what that looks like yet. And then we get into the, the finale of the gorilla fight. 
Yeah, which and his, is just... his skill level is above 600 because that's a good number, apparently. Big number is good. <laughs> Big number is good. And I, I, not that I want... I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel. I think I'd probably criticize the other way as well. You know, if they if they said he here are all the figures and this is what what is good and what is bad, I think I'd probably mm. criticize that for over exposition. But again, it's sort of like an arbitrary number that I don't have any realm of. Yeah, there's no kind of like enough. benchmark for it. Is no, there? exactly. It's just here's some numbers. Look, it's improving. Yeah, good for you. But I I love this fight. No, I do. He kicks ass. It's brilliant. Like the the big block at the beginning and the slowdown and everything's shattering. Yeah. He's like zipping around like this ninja fighting, this big lumbering. Again, like the weight in you know, all the movements is so good. And I love the use of the environment when he gets like blasted into the air. Yeah. He grabs he the clothesline. Grab- yeah, but he like... grabs that a bit late, doesn't he? I mean, like when he first grabbed it, I was like, what's he holding on to? Oh, okay. He's hold- that He was way past there. There was no way he was Way grabbing- past the shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I appreciate it. It's good. It's fun. Yeah, it's a brilliant fight. And then it, it was a brilliant fight. And I think, you know, he doesn't just, when he when he pings himself back down, that's not the killer blow. So, like, they could have easily finished that. Yeah. I thought they were going to finish it there with, like, this big Same. strike down to the earth. And then um, he comes back in with the, 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 the tiny little dagger to the heart or the, to, the, to the chest that, like, finally wipes him out, which, um, uh, yeah, it's, it yeah, was a good. big thrust at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that as well because he goes like through the fight. He's cutting off the armored pieces of the gorilla. Yes, yeah, but that that again, so, that, links... so he can get that final hit. But it's like the game, the gamer thing. You know, it's like you've got to knock. It doesn't matter where you hit in a game. You know, you've just got to hit them so many times, and certain bits will fall off in a certain order. It almost felt a bit like that, where he could hit on the head, and the, the chest plate falls off because that's what's in the game. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like hit hit this to expose the weakness and then get it. Yeah, no, it was really good, really really yeah, nice. So it. he defeats the gorilla, and all the citizens are watching it. And I can't help but think like, oh, he's going to get lots of acclaim for this. But then, like Hestia passes out. And I'm like, oh no, is she as she died? Was this the cost that she had to exchange? But no, she's just she's just sleeping. She's just resting. She's just having a bit of a bit well, of a snooze. Yeah, and then you've got this weird. A soliloquy or whatever it is from the from the top of the buildings where the the weird lady who is out to get spooky lady we're not really sure who she's out to get we assume she's out to get hestia because that's what they assume but then she hasn't mm. got the same hair as hestia and she says she tells the gorilla to attack the person with the same hair as her and she's got white short hair every time we see her under the cloak which is exactly the same as Bell's. So either Nir has come from uh, Death Note to <laughs> like to finish the job, to finish the job on uh, Bell for some reason because he's got a you know a grudge against Bell, or it's someone with similar hair to Bell, and this is where I get Sir from because Sir has very similar hair to Bell. She's also a female who the girl the the the, the woman with the cloak on seems like she's a female as well you can't really see the faces mm-hmm. very well but they could easily be the same person um yeah so that's my logic as to why seer is the bad person <laughs> okay i can maybe have i missed something obvious that, that rules to say no but ha- have i missed something obvious there that would be like well no because clearly this has already happened or like no i think you could you could i could make that, that train of thought i think it works okay Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sticking by then. 
Uh, and then that kind of brings us to the end of episode three. We get one final look at Ganesha! <laughs> and what I absolutely love about him, and again, I keep going on about him, but he's great. Yeah. He's, he's helping to clean up. Yes, yeah. He's just he's sweeping the arena. <laughs> but that's when the line comes, I am Ganesha! And the guys are like, we, we know. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it just ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger. We get this term, this, this small person, this term supporter, and a guy treating this girl like crap in the middle of the dungeon. Oh, yeah. And then leaving us on a bit of a cliffhanger, ready for so, episode four. Am I supposed to have picked anything up from that other than the fact that this guy's... Because I, I, I don't... No, no that, that is literally just that's a tease. That's literally teasing, for... okay. So, if I'm going to make some more outlandish expectations, they're obviously going to come into it more. And I'm thinking, the girl... Hmm, the girl might be the god, and the bloke... Hmm, Actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna go down the line. I can't really <laughs> remember what they all. say. There were some things in there that, like, I didn't know which one. Obviously, I feel like one of them's the god and one of them's the adventurer, <laughs> which is pretty, you know, pretty reasonable assumption to make. Uh, but which yeah. one's which? I can't. Don't know. Don't know. But we shall. We shall maybe see if yeah. we follow it up. So I've got a few kind of odds and endy bits. Absolutely, um, go for it, mate. Just to kind of wrap up yep. before we. We we end the episode like um I really like the fantasy world setup um this idea of the gods like we said up top the the idea of the gods having the familiar and the way that they support their family it's a good kind of mashup of real world mythology with this fantasy setting and maybe Belle is a bit too soft as a character to exist in this world but it's kind of the point because mm. we see that he's willing to do the gruesome fights and attacks and take the hits and dish it back out he's not like he's not wanting to fight um he's but he never loses sight. he does and that's really compelling to watch as a viewer he's got this really um even though he's improving at such a rapid rate he doesn't lose sight of the values of he has to earn it which i think is really nice he is very fortunate um, that the the things he has to kill are monsters and they're not yeah. they're out to kill other people if it was like other people that he had to defeat um, I, I wonder if he would yeah. have the same it'd be more of a moral dilemma wouldn't it because he he has got this aura around him that's very much like I am representing the good in this series and I need to be on that side all the time on the side of the light and yeah it might might be tricky to do if he didn't have that ultimately bad opposition evil opposition yeah it's good I also think that you can't get around it. The show is very, very full of fan service, but I don't think the sketchy etchy. <laughs> right. Okay. But yeah, I, yeah. But I don't think it gets in the way of the story for the most part. No. I think my only complaint is the way that Loki kind of treats her familiar. Like she's very kind of grabby and touchy with her family, familiar members. But other than that, like I understand why the gods would show a lot of skin because that tracks for how we see them portrayed in history. Like if you look at a tapestry or a painting of what people imagine a goddess to be like, typically they're or a god, then it's showing off this kind of peak human physical form and there's a lot of Yeah, but skin I don't think show. you need to even go into it that deeply. I think Loki as a character is a god of mischief. So like th- yeah. that idea it's it's fitting to her character, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah that she would be a bit cheeky about it. And Ainz is not having any of it. And she just like keeps bashing her out of the way. Yeah. I mean, I think if Ainz felt strongly that it was 
you know, I don't think anyone's going to mess with Ainz really. So I think if, if anyone, if, if she felt like it was untoward or like that she wasn't, she was genuinely pissed off with it, she'd quite happily go somewhere else and just be like, you know what, I'm done with you. So I don't, yeah, I think, I think that's yeah. why it could be taken in jest. Um, cause she is such a strong character is Ainz. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then that kind of just leaves us with the ED, I suppose, the ending, where they are all chibis and marching to this fanfare. Again, I like the designs, Yeah, but there's not really a lot kind of going on. I like when Hestia sings a line from the song. Yeah, okay. The animation matches up to the thing, but other than that, I'm... Eh. It kind of just washes (laughs) over me, and I skipped it most of the time, like, for the three episodes. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've literally written... Cartoon, anime to the extreme. What's the character with the big heads? Oh yeah, it's Chibi. Um, and, and, that, <laughs> and that's pretty much it because the music, it didn't really stand out. So there wasn't really nah. enough to comment on there. Um, it definitely, there's, there's no, there's no chance either of the intro or the outro eliminate Titan as far as my as your number one. As my number one. Just, um, from my personal perspective, although my, like I, I've got a terrible. Like I've already said several times in this episode, my my memory of names and characters and things like that is terrible. Um, but I do have a fascination with like Greek mythology and just mythology in general. I think it's really, really interesting, and you can just get get lost in it. You know, there's and I love it when they bring it into the modern day, and I love it when when media brings it. it like there's there's uh, stories that I've read that do very similar things with this where they try and give them modern modern twists on the myth, myth, mythological creatures i mean you even go to bloody yeah. marvel um and their their take on all the norse Death gods Thors and, stuff, and the rodins yeah um i i like that aspect of it in a way that perhaps is a very a very small minority of the people that watch them um mm. because at the end of the day this is a, a show for entertainment purposes and you're not gonna you're not gonna always appeal to the i don't really i don't really know where i'm going with it to be honest my my, my <laughs> point is i really appreciated that and i loved the crossover with yeah. the gods and i like the fact that they went to the effort of including them because you don't have to you don't have to go and do your yeah. research you don't have to look at these characters it's it's nice for kind of history buffs and people who are into that kind of thing to see all the nods towards various mythos and storytelling yeah and for that to actually play into this original narrative as well i think yeah. it's really cool because like, i love this world in any, so much it, that i kind of yeah yeah i was gonna say in any, in any sort of movie or uh, anime there are nods to certain things and it's just nice to see one that's outside of um mainstream it's it's, it's just it's just more and I, I don't know i don't know if that's fair because this could be classed as mainstream with regards to the gods and stuff but i don't know it's, it's just something a bit different it's a bit the history side of it yeah, yeah, and it's interesting, and it and it plays well for the story that it's trying mm. to tell. I will admit, I kept well, I didn't keep watching uh, sequentially afterwards, but I did skip to yeah. um, a certain episode because I knew that there was a fight that I really liked. Um, <laughs> you so love I a good fight sequence, don't you? Like you're I all about adore it. just the action and the way that it's choreographed is just so. I think I've just for people who have seen the show already, you'll 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 know the kind of fight that. I mean, if I just go fire Bolto, okay, God. but uh, uh, okay. it's really good. And like, I'm currently watching season three of this at the moment. Yeah. It's currently airing, right? Okay, um, mm. on a weekly basis. 
And honestly, I can't really say that there's been that many dips in quality. It's a very consistently good show. And ultimately... Oh, hang on a sec. Thank you for listening to uh, Gateway to the Universe. Um, it seems Sam has a delivery. I'm thinking it may be his TV. We'll see. Find out in next week's episode of Gateway to the Universe. It's a big delivery of oranges for Halloween. <laughs> Please <Okay>. keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you've been watching uh, season three. Yeah, so I've been watching season three each week and it's a very consistent show. It's just really good fun. The only dip... I don't really like the spin-off, which follows Eyes, which is called Sword Autoria. Mm. Um, I don't think it's quite as good because Belle's not there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's this story about a boy who wants to be a hero and dealing with all the difficulties and hardships that him pursuing that ideal entails. And it's just really damn good fantasy entertainment. Yeah. I really like it. There was so much to like about this series. Um just from the first three episodes, there was so much that jumped out that was just different. Um, with your your obsession with the fight scenes is something that I'm I'm finding hard to um, adjust to, to be honest, because I realise it's such a huge part of these animes. But then I don't know whether it's just because I've been spoiled by movie action scenes and things, but I I believe it to a certain extent. But then it's mm. like it 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 doesn't it doesn't blow me away in the same way that I think it does you because I still see it as just a piece of media rather than this is animated quality content do you know what I mean like I'm not yeah, looking at yeah. it thinking this is hard and people put in this effort because I've seen so much other stuff that is just billion you know million pound blockbusters that have just put yeah so versus much- at the end of the day drawings yeah on on a screen, yeah, because, yeah because, I think, because my, 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 and I don't know whether this is fair or unfair, but the, my my concept of drawings on the screen is you can do anything. There is literally nothing you can't do. So it only takes someone mm. imagine, imaginative and creative to be able to make something come to fruition. Which, yeah, doesn't. But it's. Yeah. I think that that's why I get so impressed with um, anime fight scenes. It's, like you said, it's drawing, so you can do anything. But the time and efforts to bring that to life, especially with the um, production schedules that anime often finds itself on, tends to lead to less than stellar animation. And you get these shows or movies that have all the time and money in the world to have these incredibly talented animators work on. And you see what can be achieved when somebody has the budget and when somebody has the time to make the vision they want. And they, they are the moments that stick with you and are and hold on to you like we were chatting about last episode with um even with sailor moon the amount of time and effort at the time in the 80s to do the transformation sequence yeah and that's what stuck with a lot of people like that's what for me what anime is all about is those moments of just this is the pure creative genius of an animator or set of animators coming to life and unfortunately we don't always see that just because of the way that the industry is uh, formed at the moment and the time schedules that they have are often really really short per episode yeah. so if something's got a really good schedule often you'll see a lot more really good quality animation Yeah. but that's for me that's what jumps out no, but I appreciate that well, that brings us to our final question then Will is this a gateway to the universe? 
Yes, absolutely. I think there's no way this can't be. I think this was one of the best craft, you know, this was crafted so well in the way that it stands out from other series, in the way that it portrays um, the it portrays the story with cliches and uh, bits in there, you know, like fan service and stuff. But it's all done in a way that contributes to the character and the story. And yeah, I th- what, what I'm trying to think what really what what moment I really stood out to me that you know this is something I want to carry on watching. Um, I think it comes down to character. I think I think it was Bell that I really wanted to follow and find out where he goes with it. But it's also that th- there's a lightheartedness of the fact that there it is like it's very gaming. It is very sort mm. of like we're going to collect these, uh, we're going to collect these crystals. gems, these crystals from these demons. That's a simple process. He's going to level up. He's going to get better, and he's got these sort of goals and ambitions that he wants to achieve. We don't really know what the end goal is at the minute, but like, yeah, I think we don't need to, do we? We don't. Need it's to. just interesting watching his journey to become a hero. Yeah, I think there's a nice balance between lightheartedness, but genuine plot and genuinely serious um storytelling so yeah I, I think it's a good gateway there's certain elements of it that people wouldn't jump on board with that that fantasy side of things but as mm. far as fantasy and maybe go, the fan service might turn some people off but yes. i don't think it gets in the way of the story too much no absolutely i think, if you can I think that's fair look past it it's it, it's it's definitely there and it's definitely something that can be commented on but i think it doesn't interrupt the flow of the story and in fact actually it plays into the idea of all these gods and goddesses in a way that real history plays into the sexuality of these figures yeah 100% so a certified new member to the anniverse then yeah definitely let's throw it in there. I mean I want to carry on watching um, and I will do like there's no way I'm not going to watch at least a few more of this to see if it can keep me keep me enthralled i think i am a bit biased with my love of uh mythology but like i don't think that really stands in the way of other people getting into it i think it's a it's a nice it's it's a great show and i think hopefully it'll continue onwards and upwards so yes absolutely it's in the anniverse brilliant well if you want to watch uh dan machi or is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon then you can catch that on crunchyroll not sponsored though i would like to be sponsored by crunchyroll <laughs> hit me up slide into my dms crunchyroll but yeah you can catch it on crunchyroll all three seasons are currently on there um and you can follow the adventures of bell to your heart's content i watch this on netflix by the way so if, if you want to watch it on netflix as well so yeah you know. on netflix as well uk so, netflix that is i don't know about any anywhere else so do, are you ready for your homework for next week? oh okay yeah give me next week's homework sam so, next week, you are going to be watching the anime, Shokugeki no Soma, otherwise known as Food Wars. Food Wars? Food Wars. Yes, we are taking a sharp left turn into a cooking anime. Is this like uh, Hell's Kitchen, but with anime? <laughs> More or less. Like the Great British Bake Off, but... <laughs> <laughs> with more with more over the top reactions and spiky hair. Uh, okay. Um are you giving me any more, is that it? 
Uh, it's just a cooking show, dude. It's just a cooking show. But it's anime. <laughs> but it's anime, so I'll let <laughs> I'll let your imagination run wild with that. Uh... But again, this this links very heavily to what we've just been talking about in the fact that you can do anything when you're drawing it. <laughs> so how is this going to? How is this going to? I don't understand how. On cooking... paper, it sounds like it shouldn't work, right? An anime about cooking. How is that going to work? I can't smell it. I can't eat it. But oh, you'll understand. Oh God, <laughs> you'll all understand. Well, we'll see next week, won't we, Sam? Yes, we will. Okay. But if you've gotten this far through our rambling, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to catch us and talk to us, tell us that we were completely wrong with our assessment of Dan Machi or whether we're completely right. Or if you've got suggestions for what we should watch next or what we should expose Will to next, then you can hit us up on all of our socials. We are Gateway to the Anniverse on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. We are Gateway TTA. That's Gateway TTA. So please get involved. Talk to us. Interact with us. We're so lonely. <laughs> and yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys next week uh, for to talk about food. For, for apparently, so um, stay Delicious. tuned. Yeah, awesome. Nice. Bye. See you later, guys. See you in the universe.